Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Sunday for February 7th, 2021. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us on what is, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. Now, as I was preparing for today's show, a few hours before the show, I was just thinking, what are some of the Topics I might talk about and blah blah blah, and then then it occurred to me, oh hey wait a minute, this is Super Bowl Sunday. I better mention that. I should use that as a central theme. So I thought about about that general topic, and uh, of course Super Bowl is a cultural phenomenon, and. Um, Everybody gets parties, everybody gets together, and uh, people that don't even like sports or follow sports, you know, they'll get caught up in the in the celebration of it. And uh, it, it is a phenomenon, cultural phenomenon. And uh, I think the first Super Bowl was in 1967. <laughs> and Super Bowl, uh, as an event, probably uh, carries with it a lot of different kinds of memories that different individuals had associated with uh, uh, their social uh, parties or get-togethers or things that happened around that time in their personal life and everything. It's kind of like a hook or a marker. Uh, you hang things on and say, oh, yeah. <laughs> For example, uh, Adrian and I, yeah, well, I'm at the age now where I hope that I have aged gracefully and I don't have to be obsessed with the usual America's uh, obsession with youthfulness and everything. Um 
Well, we were married in 1966. In fact, in January, January 22nd, which was about, you know, uh, and the next year, 1967, as I mentioned, was the first Super Bowl. And that corresponds with our first wedding anniversary. So if I ever want to know how long we've been married, I could just uh, tag along with how many years, they want, what, what year is this for our Super Bowl? And it's the 55th year, 55th Super Bowl since 1967. And that's how many years we've been married. So I, <laughs> I never, I, it's very handy. You know, I remember one time, I think uh, maybe it was our silver anniversary, 25 years or something like that. And I was a minister at the Buddhist temple of Chicago. And I happened to mention the fact that uh, uh, our wedding anniversary was uh, the same as uh, uh, Super Bowl, what Super Bowl it was. I remember one person in the congregation audience said, uh, gee, that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> and uh, so funny things like that happened. And I remember one time uh, I noticed that in um, Buddhist accommodation as Buddhism came to America and adopted uh, certain for, certain um uh, uh, formats, for example, weekly services, Sunday morning services. You know, that's not uh, that's how Sunday services and religion in America somehow, whatever the history is, evolved that way. And uh, in other countries, uh, China, Japan, they don't have weekly religious services, okay, like is done in America. But when Buddhism comes to, from Southeast Asia and, you know, comes to America, well, it adapts and uh, very convenient to have weekly services. Now, sometimes some religions, they kind of maintain their particular uh, ways of doing things, uh, Islam, or you know, I say their holy time is Friday, okay, and so forth. But many Buddhist uh, centers or organizations in America, they said, "Well, okay, we'll we'll have Sunday services, okay, we'll have Sunday school, okay, with the children, and so forth." We had tea and cookies after the service in the social hall and so forth. So uh, nothing wrong with that. But I was the reason I mentioned it is because uh, when you have that kind of a format, then, you know, the children, They don't feel left out in a way, you see. So, oh, yeah, you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. Okay. Although a lot of places, a lot of uh, Buddhist temples, they were called churches 
a long time ago, you know, like we were the Chicago Buddhist Church. And then more awareness or political, so-called political correctness. So, well, our church is a, has a certain connotation as opposed to temple. So many places changed their name to, for example, us Buddhist Temple of Chicago. But there are still a lot of organizations that started a long time ago, and they and they kept the word church because that's what they grew up with and they're familiar with, and 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 so that's fine too. Okay, Buddhist Church of Sacramento. Okay, um, so the give and take of accommodation and assimilation and so forth uh, is a fascinating history. Uh, sociology of religion or or scholars they could you know study it and write about it um, the thrust of today's talk that I want to talk about is of, about sports and it is often said that the Dharma is everywhere okay uh, we could see the Dharma in sports. Uh, we could see the Dharma in football. Hey, think about it. You know? And, for example, also the cultural phenomena of, say, national holidays. Um, Fourth of July, freedom, independence, you know. New Year's Day, um, Thanksgiving, uh, all the national holidays, there is an excitement because it's in the society and the culture. Uh, everybody's, you know, talking about it, getting excited about it. Okay. And for families, this is how children grow up. Yeah, we used to have that. We had Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, so forth. Oh, every 4th of July, we used to do this and so forth. So I thought, well, American Dharma holidays. Why not piggyback upon what your society or culture has already established? And it's a no-brainer. You should... For Buddhism to be integrated and interact with your culture, you should have, uh, you know, uh, teach your children certain family dharma lessons. Okay? And it requires some creativity, perhaps, on the part of parents. Say, well, well, well for Thanksgiving, of course, there's a great, you know, gratitude. And gratitude, you know, how you express that as one of the parameters or one of the virtues uh, and one of the important aspects in Buddhism. Okay. And to bring it in. Because then you capitalize on all the excitement that's focused on that holiday. And uh, you could do it for a lot of major holidays. And Buddhist families can say, somehow relate that theme 
of that holiday uh, and talk about mm, the Dharma. So this led me, this is decades ago, one of my so-called pet projects that's been on the burner. But maybe one of these days I might follow up on it. But it was to write a, I guess write a book uh, called The Dharma of dot, dot, dot. And our particular niche from my father's approach and everything was everyday dharma, everyday suchness. He's seen the dharma in everyday life, dharma teachings. So as a, as a aspect of this, we could say the dharma of sports, the dharma of, you know, so that would be the title of the book, the dharma of dot, dot, dot. Then each chapter would be some everyday activity, the dharma of cooking, the dharma of eating, the dharma of doing housework, the dharma of driving, the dharma of, well, you name it. Okay, everyday activities. Okay. Uh, and in fact, I collected a lot of uh, miscellaneous articles. I might, you know, in the media, you read something. Oh, that's an interesting aspect. That's, and so you cut it out and you put it in. I got stacks and stacks of articles and related things. I said, hey, you know. To 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 edit and modify, adapt the stuff for this uh, monumental literary accomplishment of the Dharma of. Okay. What kind of topics could you include for your chapter titles? Okay. Now, if you said something like the Dharma of sports, well, you you tell me what a. What that could encompass, and in fact, somewhere I got a a football helmet, you know, regulation size. It was a Dallas Cowboys helmet. Those who are familiar, it's a very light colored gray, and then it's got a white star on on the side, one on each side, five pointed white star. And that's the uh, the emblem of Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And so I had this, you know, regulation size helmet. And uh, so, in terms of the Dharma of football, I said, well, I use this as a show and tell item, and I blew up a Dharma wheel, so it would be just the size to cover that that white star on the each side of the helmet, and I glued it on. So this became a Dharma helmet. Huh? And I used to use this when I gave talks and, uh, uh, you know, we call Sunday school Dharma school. Okay? And uh, the service usually on Sunday morning, the first part of the service is uh, dedicated to the children, they have their own thing, and then they're excused to go to their classes. 
and different age age grouped classes for Dharma school, they go off, and then the minister gives continues with the uh, talk for the adult congregation members. And uh, but I, I especially enjoyed giving Dharma talks to the children. We had a real short Dharma talk for the children. And that was when my creativity and fun-loving nature would, you know, and I might say, hey, look at this, a football helmet, a Dharma helmet, you know, and you, you pull it out from underneath the pulpit there. And uh, that was a lot of fun, things like that. Or maybe in the in the uh, wintertime, this is in Chicago, so maybe there was a lot of snow on the ground. And I said, yeah, look at this snowball. And I would have a snowball I had in a little dish, a dish. And I said, okay, here's a snowball. I said, hey, let's pass it around. So I would give it to a person in the front row, and they would, you know, feel the wetness of this big snowball and pass it down, down, and go all the way to the back on one side and come back to the front row on the other side and so forth. I said, yeah, this is a great snowball, you know, and, you, and the kind of participatory thing, everybody handled it. And then I surreptitiously swapped that snowball, put it into the little bowl that was on the pulpit, which is kind of hidden from the congregation. And I had a crumbled up newspaper that looked like the snowball. It was all white, same size. And I said, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, hey, you know, here's this snowball. You guys all touched it and everything. And I threw it up in the air. <laughs> it would land right in the center aisle. And and everyone would go, <gasps> you know, but it was just a wadded up piece of paper. And that's the kind of silly things I used to do and had a blast. And it's for the children. Kodomo uh, no tamani, meaning for the sake of the children. Okay, We'll do anything for the sake of the children. But, of course, all the adults and myself, we love that. It was entertaining. It was fun, you know. So incorporating sports examples. And you can, of course, talk about teamwork. You could talk about uh, giving in your all. You know, if you if you, say something simple like a running race, you got an Olympic sprinter and he sets a world record, you know, he, that's the top. But at any level, as you go down from that, not, not a professional athlete, but oh, college athlete, high school athlete, sandlot ball, there's something, there's a communality there of the participant giving his all. And so they don't talk just about a world record, okay? but they talk about personal best. Hey, you got to, you know, I beat my personal best. I set a new personal best in how fast I could run this dash. 
and the feeling of uh, whether it's Special Olympics, okay, to give one's all, that's a special kind of experience, you know. Um, and there's a Dharma lesson there. How to live, you know. There's no shoulds. There's no, what are, what's the standard? Uh, some record, you know, set by this, a record for this particular age group or all kinds of things. Okay. Uh, giving one's all. That's, anybody can do that. I'm not talking about skill level, but giving one's all. Okay. Your own internal standard and so forth. And sports, of course, becomes a cultural phenomenon. I remember as a young kid, uh, now some children, maybe, of course, they're not interested in sports. And they, they have other interests. And that's perfectly fine. Parents should encourage that. Okay. But for a lot of kids, we engage in sports. Sand a lot. You know, just go out to the closest park and have a football or whatever, you know, pick up game and everything. Um, I remember doing that uh, as a young child, uh, neighborhood friends, you know, we'd play. Football, baseball, basketball, and you might get into some uh, intramural leagues. If you go to uh, college or something, you you might have uh, intramural leagues between residence halls, or you know, uh, all kind of things, all kind of levels like this, so that everybody could participate and. Uh, uh, so-called weekend warriors. <laughs> you know, even when you get a getting college, well, you're there to study and everything. But you have some friends that you meet and like-minded people that that are interested in sports, and you go out to the uh, playground or whatever, and and uh, those are some special memories. Okay. And and you're all you know you're not professional you're not tremendous athletes you're just run of the mill people, and yet that competition and that camaraderie and you're getting tired physically that's a good kind of tired feeling. So we uh, so my memories of my childhood, you know, and the sandlot ball uh, behind the house or or in Chicago, uh, on the south side, there's a, 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 I don't know what it's called. We call it the Midway. And it's near the University of Chicago, but it's a, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a stretch of green, uh, grass and field. And, uh, it's, it's not too wide. Maybe it's about uh, 50 yards wide, but it stretches for a couple of miles around 57th street. And, we always would go there. A lot of people go there, and we just play sandlot ball there, and 
uh, a, a lot of memories there as kids. And then even when, as I said, you go you go to college and you you're hanging around with some guys and uh, uh, or maybe you go to well when we, when I was at University of Iowa where I went to grad school, uh, Agent and I we had season tickets, you know, as students. You know, pretty pretty reasonable price, season tickets to basketball, football, for for the Iowa Hawkeyes, okay, and so forth. And that was, uh, you know, we look forward to rooting for our college team and things like this. And then as adults, uh, in a young, uh, uh, my first job was at the University of North Carolina Psychology Department, and and uh, most of the faculty were, were young. And so on the weekends, yeah, we would get together, okay? And have pickup games, basketball, football, okay, two-handed touch football, and so forth. And those uh, relationships that we formed, like there's one fellow that uh, uh, he was also on the faculty, and we got, you know, we became good friends. And um, after we parted ways, he went, you know, a different way. I went a different way, and we were no longer together uh, on the same faculty together for the past 40 years. We would always call each other and then later on email each other about big sports events, okay? whether it was the Super Bowl uh, you know, or some other championship, uh, March Madness, uh, all these things we would keep in touch and have friendly bets. Okay, just bragging rights. We don't really pay off, <laughs> you know, the bets. I say, okay, I'll I'll take this team. Well, you, you if I take, <laughs> wow, well, for this coming to today's Super Bowl. I said, hey, I said Mahomes is going to kick the rear off of Brady. I, you know, I. I Sent that off as an email, and he says, "Oh yeah, okay, uh, I'll take that." With and I got an email back, ten points. Uh, I'm not as dumb as you look. I'll give you three points, you know, and stuff like this. The banter. Uh, we haven't seen each other in person for over forty years, but the sports connection has kept us together. Uh, <laughs> he lives way on the East Coast. Okay. In Florida, I'm way out in California. Okay. But we keep in contact like that. It's really a, a beautiful thing. Richness of life, sharing life together. Uh, so you could talk a lot about the Dharma of this and that. Okay. And then the most recent. Uh, Phenomena or ritual that I developed, it just it just happened by, well, you see if you see uh, say some sports teams, say say it's a football game and they're all rallying around before the game begins, they're trying to hype each other up and you know get into the competitive spirit and some 
Whoa. So, okay. And so I said, one, two, three, okay, bears, okay. So I saw that and I said, okay. I was telling uh, our lay ministry program, you know, small group of people, I said, yeah, one, two, three, Dharma. Yeah, on three, Dharma. One, two, three, Dharma. And we all yell and throw our hands up. And, and that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice for our, in, for our induction. Well, this guy, I'm going to get cut off in 60 seconds. I didn't know that the program was slated for 30 minutes. I thought that was plenty of time. But that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, I'll set it for 45 minutes for the show. Keep going, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.